You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Assalamualaikum, listeners, and welcome back to Radio Ramadan. You're here with me, Azhar Sheikh, for the Ask the Sheikh show. Um, we have quite a busy show ahead of us, so I think we'll just get straight to it. The topic for today is on the thick of prayer. So, as you can imagine, it can cover a number of topics within the whole prayer segment. It can go from many directions. So now covering the topic today is um, Sheikh Amin Buxton. Sheikh is um, currently resides in Edinburgh. He embraced Islam in 1999 and completed a degree in Arabic in London. He has been studying at the prestigious Dar al-Mustafa Institute in Tarim, Yemen, since 2003 with many learned scholars, such as Habib Umar bin Hafiz and Habib Khadim As-Saqaf, amongst many, many others. His studies have included Sharia, Fiqh, Hadith, Sirah, Tazkiyah and Tafsir, and he often works on translating his teacher's lessons and lectures for Western audiences. So I think we have the Sheikh on the line. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you? Alhamdulillah, very well. Thanks for having me on the show. No, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you coming on, um, especially for such a, a vast topic such as prayer. Um, we've had we've got actually quite a number of questions already coming through um, from before. So if you don't mind, we'll just get straight to it. Yeah. Um, so the line's very weak. That's the only problem. Oh, can you he- can you hear ever slightly better? It's just very like very faint. All right. Okay. Um, I'll try and speak up a little bit more for you. Um, okay. So the first question we've had from somebody is, how is it that I can increase my presence of heart in prayer? How can someone increase presence of heart in prayer? Yes. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah The first thing is, they say that, that, that your, your purification, your tuhur, your wudu is the key to the salah. So if you're present in your wudu, if you're present when you're making your tahara, when you're preparing for salah, then that helps you to be present in the salah. But to actually realize that wudu is not just a, a kind of, uh, just a brief, you know, it's a quick wash that we do. It's actually an act of worship that you, you, you try and have presence in and awareness in, that you're actually purifying yourself and preparing yourself for, to approach your Lord. And then, again, to, 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 to be, aware of, of, be, aware, be, be aware of what you're doing in your prayer, that you're standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, mm. and that you're, it's not just something, that, you know, unfortunately we get into these habits and it's just become something we do, you know, as, as a matter of course, but it'd be just to be aware that you're standing in front of Allah and you're saying, Allahu Akbar, you're saying there's nothing greater, there's nothing greater than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's, that's the first thing. Okay, perfect. Um, another question just coming in. So for... Um prayers within the five prayers today obviously somebody's saying they're finding it very difficult uh, to get up for fajr they're asking is this due to the workings of shaitan or is there certain things that people should be doing more to help them get up in the middle of the night for fajr fajr i mean that's again that goes down to to someone's routine so if you if you mm-hmm. well partly i mean if you, if you if you get into a routine i mean ramadan obviously is, is very different but outside of ramadan it's about, and it's very hard because obviously the, the, the you know the days are constantly the, the times are constantly changing so much but it's really about you know, getting to bed early, making it, making that a priority. If you if you, if you get a good good few hours sleep um, in sleep, you know, sleep uh, early enough, then you you getting up to fajr will be will be a lot easier. But if you in a routine where you're staying up late and then trying to, you know, try, trying to squeeze in fajr as, as best you can, it's going to be difficult. Um, it's also about the way you, the way you go to sleep, the etiquette of sleep. The Prophet told us to go to sleep in a state in a state of wudu mm-hmm. to make the du'as and make the intention to wake up. For, 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 for Fajr or for Tahajr and then many other things that he taught us okay is it, is it true when they say that if you have the intention of wanting to wake up for Fajr but say for example you did sleep in are you still rewarded for that intention you're still I mean you're still rewarded I mean you're still rewarded if you if, if you know once in a while you sleep in but that mm-hmm. it, should, it shouldn't be a habit so it should no. be something that you you know you, you, it's about your routine your timing that 
it, it might be a que- if it's in the long summer days, it, it might be a question of having a, a nap. You know, in Ramadan we get into habit having a nap, qaylula. You know, mm-hmm. when we come back from work, whatever. So it was yeah. fresh for the night, and that might be the case. You know, in the summer months as well, just having a that's an, that, that act of wor- that in itself is an act of worship. If you if you have that rest in the, in the afternoon or whatever, for the mm-hmm. sake of your nights, you know that that you know we don't really kind of think of things in that in, the, in those terms, but but we should we should make these things a priority. Okay, perfect. Um, just had another question come in about um, the direction of prayer. So obviously facing towards the Qibla, a lot of people use, like for example, you know, their phone apps to um, kind of gauge the direction. What would you do if, for example, you found that the direction you read was incorrect? Would you make up that prayer or was it because you had the intention of doing it in the correct direction it would still suffice? I mean, the scholars differ. I mean, uh, about, like so, some of the scholars say it has to be the exact uh, you know, the exact point of the, of the Qibla, but mm-hmm. there's enough leniency in that. In that, so as long as it's within one other other scholars, as long as it's 180 radius. So if you made if you made it, if it's not been if you've been off slightly, it's not too much of a problem. You can just you can take it that you prayed those prayers, and, and you don't need to make them up. Okay, okay, that's easy enough to do. Then. Perfect. So when um, people are asking reading du'a um, after their prayers, so there's even one thing I'm not sure about myself. Is it something that you should be reading? straight after when you read your fard prayer or is it something that you should read after you finish like your full salah uh, the prophet said Allah said, that du'a which is heard the most in other words with the du'a which Allah responds to the most is the prayer the, the du'a after every prayer and the du'a in the night so yeah we should make it a habit of, of not being in a rush to, to, to finish our salah and and, and 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 we should we read, uh, you know the recommended abkhar there istighfar and then Allah and salam but then make a short at least a short du'a at that point before getting up to pray the sunnah, that's that's that's, uh, that's that's you know you're kind of making making use mm-hmm. of that time, and then if you want to make more du'a later, later after praying the sunnah, that's all good as well. Okay, perfect. And when you're making du'a, is somebody's asking, is it okay to do that in English, or is there a certain way that you should be doing it, or? Of course, I and mean, du'a really is about your connection with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So, so it's, it's you know it's great to memorize the du'as from the Quran or from the sunnah, but. It shouldn't just be like a rote thing you just reel off without knowing what it means. So more, more important is that your heart is there and your heart is present. You know what you're saying. So okay. ask in any language it is, Allah understands it. So, so really speak to Allah as you would, you know, as you want, as you want to speak to Him. It's great to know that to know that the words are said and to, to understand the meanings. But it's better than that is just to to, to, to converse with Allah in, in, in a way mm-hmm. that you understand what you're saying to Him. Okay. Perfect. Sorry, just going back to the um, the previous question about the best time of making du'a. Say, for example, you're reading your um, your maghrib prayer after opening your fast. Is it more advisable to read your du'a after you know asking uh, things from God after you've read your three first, or is it after you finished your full prayer? I, I would say both. I would say both. You know, it's good to to, to, to make use of every time. Have, there's no, you don't have to make a long, long du'a, but make a du'a after after the, the fast because mm-hmm. the Prophet often mentioned that specifically, and then okay, and then um, after the sunnah as well. Okay, that's good to know as well. Now, Sheikh, we've just had a question in um, something which people, I guess, they don't too sure what to do. Um, what's the kind of um, the guidance or the ruling of the feet that are touching during uh, prayer? Some people feel that their feet should be touching in line, or some people feel that it shouldn't be. They've never done this before. What's the kind of correct ruling on that? Oh, you mean that the ankles, where people are praying together in a row, should, should the ankles be touching? Yeah, ankles or like yeah. the actual, like the toes. So, in, in terms of the row, you should, you should. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no need for the for the. So the uh, the road should be straight, but there's no there's no emphasis on, on actual people's ha- feet touching each other. That's that's not uh, particularly recommended. In that, um, that, that some of the some people have inter- interpreted that, but there's no that, that everyone should have their own space. Your, your your feet should be kind of sh- you know you should be sitting you should be standing comfortably. You know feet should be like 
almost like shoulder length apart, but there's no need for you to be like pushing up against the person next to you. The shoulders should be level. Mm -hmm. But um, but I, 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 you know, people might find people might find that a bit sort of encroaching on their space when when people are kind of insisting mm -hmm. that they put their feet next to each, next to each other. That's not the the, the 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 scholars don't particularly recommend that. Okay, perfect, perfect. Another question which has come through as well. Um, if you're in a Jamaat prayer and somebody comes in a bit later and there's no space in the line in front, is it still permissible for them to be starting in a new line by yourself? Uh, the scholars differ on that, and some say it's disliked. It's disliked for them, for that person to be um, to start on their own. Okay. They, they recommend that you actually tap someone on, on the back and bring them to join you. But that a lot of people aren't familiar with it, so it's quite a strange thing for some people to do. So people who haven't actually studied kind of a, a bit of circle, they'll, they'll be, they, they might not actually know what you're doing when you tap on the back, they might find it a bit strange. So mm -hmm. so basically, uh, you know, it is, it, some scholars say it's disliked in Makuruh, but um, in our situation, it's probably, since people are not really aware of these kind of things, it's, 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 it's probably okay to start a new, a new role and hope that someone comes and joins you. Okay, okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, we've had some questions regarding um, travelling in prayer when you are travelling, for example, whether it be a, you know, a plane or a train, etc., how is it you'd work it between if you were going to be on, say, an aeroplane and you know during that time you were going to be missing a few of your prayers, how would you, how could you work that or would you have to read it as a, a make-up prayer after you're, you've landed? No, I mean, the, 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 obviously the, the ideal is is that you, I mean, the ideal is that you pray each prayer in its time, standing, you know, and, and, and if that's, if, if you feel confident and you can ask, you know, the ask you, you know, ask you, ask you, ask whatever. That they give you a place to pray, mm -hmm. and you can. Yeah, that, that's the that's the ideal. That may be difficult, but at the very least, you should you should just pray sitting down in your in your in your in your seat. And what you can do is you can take the position of joining if it's a long a long flight. So so um, that gives you a lot more leeway. So you could pray dhuhr uh, and asr together in the dhuhr time, or or together in asr time, or maghrib isha in either of the two times. So that kind of really gives you a lot of a lot more leeway, especially if it's a long flight. Is it permissible, in, like in all schools of thought, to join prayers, or is it is kind of open to all? You can just do it. The Hanafi school is, is doesn't doesn't hold by the position of, of of the other three schools do. So the Hanafi school, they don't, they, they, which is a majority of us in Glasgow, and mm -hmm. uh, but but um, for, for for someone travelling, I would I would I would recommand that they you know just for the for ease they mm -hmm. they, learn, they, they, they and as would give you a, you know the people should make a little bit of effort just to learn this, a few small rulings relating to joining and then they can practice that when they need to you don't you don't need to make a habit of it but we often find ourselves in difficulty especially say in winter in the UK when we have very short days and yeah. you're really you know struggling to catch you know Maghrib or, or uh, sorry you know Dohar Asa um, so it's good to actually just you know you know, you know just uh, just learn the kind of basics of, of what the principles of joining. Mm -hmm. And then, and then practice it when you need to. You don't have to kind of make it habit all the time. But it's good to know that, especially when you're when you're on a, on a journey and so on. So, say for example, you were say for example, somebody followed the Hanafi school of thought. Could they go to another school of thought for the sake of say they're going on an international flight for a number of hours? Then they could join, for example, their Zohar Asr and Maghrib together. I would say they, I would say that for the sake of ease, they should they should take that position. Otherwise, they're putting themselves in difficulty. If they, if they want to stick to the madhab, you know, it's good. Generally, it's good to stick to your madhab and stick to the rulings of that madhab and mm -hmm. be familiar with the one madhab. But in in journeys and in times of difficulty, um, it's good to have a bit of flexibility. Okay, perfect, perfect. Just questions regarding the Juma prayer. What do you do if, for example, if somebody obviously we have um, you know adults listening in if they have you know, work commitments or if they have a teaching job or, you know, they you know they have a struggle to get away from work for Juma, what would you recommend that they do or how can they, you know, overcome this? I mean, everyone's just, everyone's got their, everyone's situation is different. You just try and make an, make a, you know, make a, an agreement with work and you try and make make time and, 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 and do your best to get there, even if it's, 
No, you, the actual time you request, you need to be there is, is very, very short in reality. You know, the actual, the actual, mm. the, you know, the, the, the actual prayer you could, uh, you can, you can squeeze that in. Um, and if, if, if on some week, on some weeks you really can't make it, then you know, and you're distant from Juma, then mm-hmm. that's fine. But you shouldn't, you shouldn't be content just to leave it. You know, just without make, you know, but make without making the effort to try and try and uh, get it whenever you can, basically. And, and obviously, each workplace will be different. But that, that, you know, I'm sure that there is, where there's a will, there's a way. That's very true. That's true. Um, what and, also, and also, there's, there's, there's other options. You might have two or three people in your workplace, and if you're if you're, if you're in a, some way, you know, kind of industrial state, miles from any jama, then there's mm-hmm. two or three Muslims. You can actually pray a quick jama on you with with, your, with yourself and just fulfill the fard, fulfill the obligation of doing that. So you don't you don't get into a kind of habit of, of you know the whole year going without you yeah. missing jama basically. Yeah, that's true as well. Um, what, for example, if you're on holiday, is is it, there's a difference? For example, if is the um, Jummah prayer still further on you even though you're still like a traveller and you're abroad or should you still obviously make that effort to go? I mean if you're a traveller then, then the Jummah is, is the responsibility of the Jummah or the obligation of the Jummah is lifted from you but I mean I, I think it's again if you're, it's, if you're in a place where it's easy to do it it's nice, it's nice to, to make that effort and you actually you're, to, to, I find it nice if you're in a new place to find, find that Jummah where it's been prayed it might be tucked away somewhere it might be depends where you are obviously but if you, if you, can't, if you generally can't and it's not and you're, you, know, you can't find it and you're travelling then you're not you're not obligated to do that. Okay, perfect. And is, is, when you class the traveller, is that for a set number of days or weeks? Or, like, say, for example, somebody went on a two-week holiday, would they be exempt from performing two jumas? They, it depends. I mean, if 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 they're if if they are if they're moving from place to place, if they if they if they're, if they're resident in a place, then they have 15 days basically. So I guess your two weeks would be would be would be fine. And if they're moving, if they're on a if they're if they're moving within that time, then they're they're still regarded as being travelling. Okay, perfect. That's good to know then. Um, what's the ruling with uh, for a ladies for ladies going for the Friday prayer? Is is it obligatory for them to go, or should they, if if it's not for us, should they still make the effort to try and go? It's not. No, it's not obligatory at all for a woman to go to to, to Juma. Um, if she she has she has the desire to go and and, and the, the opportunity to go, it's great. It's great to mix it, you know to have that have that kind of spiritual boost to hear mm-hmm. something. A benefit that's great, but it's not an obligation at all. And so this and, and, and it's a place where it's very difficult, you know, in terms of space and so on. And they shouldn't they shouldn't be made an issue really. Okay. One one thing with Joma prayers as well, we find that in Glasgow, for example, there's been a lot more say like community centres that have opened. Is there a difference in terms of like, you know, if it can is the current Friday prayer actually be established at these places that's that's not a mosque? And you know, is there a difference in terms of say you know reward that you'd receive? No, that's. I mean, that's that's that's, that's making things easy. So the people that establish these jamaas in, in community centres, they they're rewarded for that. You know, giving giving more people the opportunity in their workplaces and so on to, to pray jamaa. And the, the, you know, the reward is the reward of jamaa is is complete. And the, I mean, you get the, obviously you get the added benefit in a mosque of of, of the blessing of that place. But but it's you know, it shouldn't, people shouldn't feel that their the jamaa is is kind of somehow deficient by 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 not praying in the mosque. It's, I think it's, it's it's a good it's a good thing. It should be it should be made easy for people. Okay, that's good to know. During the Juma um, Arabic khutbah, some people, while sitting, fold their arms together for the first part, and then for the second part of the khutbah, they put their hands on their knees. Is that like a recommended thing, or is there is there any background kind of beliefs to that, or is it just maybe like a custom that's been done? Uh, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen that. The main thing is that you're not you're you're not um, kind of Prophet also mentioned not kind of mess, messing you know fiddling around with your hands or whatever. Whether you put them on your knees, whether you put them on your, it doesn't matter too much, but Mm-hmm. Prophet mentioned specifically that Allah that you shouldn't be kind of fiddling, you know, idle, you know, fiddling with your phone or fiddling with your pockets. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, whether you put them wherever you put your hands, it's not a problem. 
Okay, so it's just more, I guess, of being concentrating on the prayer being read. Yeah, like you're concentrating on the khutbah being, 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 you know, being, uh, being, being said. Basically, this is before the prayer. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, the last question we have just for the event, for the question, sorry, is um, can you recite in your head when the imam's speaking, or should you move your lips and tongue along as they do it? Uh, when you're praying behind the imam. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you should. You should. Uh, you should recite such that you. Um, could, you can just about hear yourself, basically. So you, it's, it's, it, it can't, if it's just in your head, you, you're, that's not quite enough. So your, your lips should be moving, basically. And that's just like, for example, if they're reading Surah Fatiha, you should do that along in your, in, with your lips? Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Perfect. Well, uh, sorry to say that this is actually the time up for the show. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry it was so short and sweet, but I think we've actually covered quite a lot of ground in the short space of time. So thank you very okay. much, Zakhlakir, for joining us, Sheikh. Appreciate you thank taking you. the time. Okay. It's lovely to speak to you. Um, thank you um, and just again thank you to all our listeners for uh, tuning in but until then inshallah I will see you all soon and we look forward to you joining in Asalaamu Alaikum For more information and to listen to more podcasts visit us at arc.score or check out the Arc Media app